Welcome to World Changers, a podcast exploring the trends making an enduring mark on our world of work and how business leaders, HR teams and internal communicators can stay one step ahead. The digital working revolution has excited and inspired a generation of workers who demand the benefits of remote working with digital connection. It's a way of working that isn't just feasible, it's desirable too. But now that many of us are connected with everyone, everywhere, all the time, that sense of community is shifting. Once platforms like Facebook satiated a social need, but now we're in an age of curation, purging our platforms and keeping our circles small. With a world of connection at our fingertips, there are endless possibilities for interaction. No wonder we roll our eyes at yet another app announcement. There's no denying that digital platforms have changed the way we communicate, collaborate and create community. But are we starting to switch off. This is the World Changers theme from our head of digital, Tony Stewart. Don't at me. Later in this episode, I chat with Tony to get his take on the shrinking workplace network. But first, we had a few questions for our colleagues and comms friends. We're a busy bunch at Scarlet Abbott. We're a hybrid team and a highly social one at that. So I wondered what impact always on communication has on how we prioritize our time. So I asked some of the team, how many notifications do you think you get in a day? And how do you prioritize your time with all those pings? Do you answer immediately, take time to reflect, or leave on red? I am Alistair Atkinson. I'm Director of Consultancy at Scarlet Abbott. I would imagine I get north of 100 notifications across platforms in a day. And that includes things like Teams, emails, LinkedIn. I don't do personal social networks, so I I do LinkedIn for, for work purposes. In terms of how I prioritize, it's a bit of both. I would say if I read something and I know it's urgent and I know what I want to say immediately, I'll just reply there and then. If I read something and I feel like it needs a bit more thought, then I will probably turn it back to unread and come back to it later on once I've had time to reflect. The other thing that I tend to do is turn my notifications off if I know that I need to focus on something in particular for an hour or two. I just want to look at my notifications until I've done that thing. My name is Monica and I'm Scarlett Abbott's Head of Partnerships. I receive an overwhelming number of notifications on a daily basis from various platforms, both work-related and social. It's no secret that we live in a hyper-connected world where staying constantly updated is crucial. And unless you prioritize your notifications, it can get very overwhelming. It can also serve as a major distraction in a work environment. Now let's add the unconscious bias, the always present mode that we have when working from home, and the pressure is even higher. So the way I approach this is quite simple. With work, I silence notifications when I really need my concentration time. I always tell the team if I will not be available during certain times of the day just to manage their expectations. But my personal phone is always next to me as well. I have a small child. But I do make a conscious decision to only glance at notification banners on my screen and delay the reply, unless it's urgent, of course. Now, with the marketing from apps and emails and social platforms, I have done completely differently. I turned off all the notifications. So it is a balancing act daily. It really is. My name is Russ Norton. I'm Director of Client Experience. Social platforms, I've recently cleansed. I've deleted my Facebook account. I have removed the Twitter app from my phone. And I currently don't have the Instagram app on my phone. I've also deleted my TikTok. 
So I am I'm purged and it is saving my life no end. I am typically a reply immediately human. So what I have to do is if I need to focus on stuff is carve myself out of the time and protect my attention span. So I use Do Not Disturb a lot, actually shutting down the Outlook app on my computer while I'm working and writing and trying to shut down browsers that might have BBC News or social media websites open on them to stop me endlessly scrolling and getting distracted. My name is Jess and I'm CEO of Scarlet Tablet. So my instinct is to immediately look at what's being sent to me. What I tend to do, because I'm more of a reflector on the kind of bigger issues, is I'll go back and mark as unread and then reflect on it and spend a bit of time thinking about it when I have that time. Teams, I'm guilty of looking at everything because the way our business operates, sometimes there are urgent things that need responding there. Email, I tend to leave and park so I can work more deeply for short periods of time without that disruption. We also had a few questions for the comms community. Following a few polls, 67% told us that they've deleted a digital platform since the pandemic. 43% told us they think there are too many digital tools in their organisation. And 50% said that they are less engaged with their social channels compared to five years ago. Interesting. Now, when it comes to all things digital, Tony Stewart is a one-stop shop of smart thinking. You'll often find him immersed in an online world with a close community of like-minded friends. Be it gaming, drag shows, or exploring the latest workplace platform, Tony has a knack for finding the best tool for the job and sharing his top tips in an easy-to-digest way. Cue segue into shameless plug for Tony's fabulous DigiDigest series linked in our show notes. But as we're bombarded with pings, have we reached the point when we're reaching for the off button? I sat down with Tony virtually, of course, because he's based in Berlin, to talk tech and whether we've hit peak platform. Tony, welcome to the World Changers podcast. Thanks, Elle. Happy to be back. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you too, because actually, you know, this, I'm a writer, this world of digital can sometimes scare me. Um, So I'm really excited to talk platforms with a complete expert. So I guess I think let's start with the concept of don't at me, right? And how have you seen organizational attitudes to digital platforms change over the last five years? Yeah, it's a really interesting one because I've definitely always been that person that's straight on the newest social media trend. And, you know, back in 2007, it was all Facebook and then Twitter and then Instagram came along. And the thing is, my notifications of my phone have actually been off for about the last four years. My phone does not buzz. I do not get pinged. I get the pushes on the screen, but I don't want my phone vibrating in my pocket. I don't want to be distracted from the present moment and what I'm doing right now. So how can these two things be together? How can I still be, you know, a social media nut job, but also have all my notifications go off? And I think the change is the attitude between the individual use of social media. So in the past, it was how do I serve it? How do I serve Facebook and my Facebook audience and my Instagram audience? What content do I need to publish in order to be seen, in order to be heard, in order to feel visible to my friends and family and and the folks that are following me, right? And that was very much, like I say, 2007s, 2017s. But now in 2023, people have a shift in attitude and it's more, how does it serve me? What can I get out of this social media platform? What can I get out of being part of a community? What's my purpose to be on this platform? And I think that's why we've seen so many people abandon Facebook, myself included, Instagram, other platforms like that, because actually they're coming at it from a place of 
personal purpose rather than, oh, I need to serve the big machine in order to be seen, in order to create ego, in order to create validation and in order to feel loved in a digital way. And I think that fundamental shift has really shifted um, our attitudes towards uh, social media and, and, and honestly, digital channels in general. It's so interesting, isn't it? And I only found this out fairly recently that we used to call it social networking and now we call it social media. And that's so interesting. <laughs> And also when I think about some of the experiences that people had in the early days, because Facebook really promised us this like big open discussion where everyone's voices would be heard and it would all be equalized. And now like I sometimes go on, or I, or I used to go onto Facebook and it'd be like toxic conversations that like my family were having or photos of relatives that quite frankly, I have so much distance between me and them. I don't really care to see them. So I think a lot of people have also decided not only what, what's in it for me, but why would I spend time with content that isn't relevant? And we see that echoed in internal comms as well, right? One of the big questions we have from our clients often is how do I keep content relevant? Or even how do I create a model of self-service in internal communication so that people can choose what they see. They, they are the architects of their feeds. They are the, the in control of what, what they consume at work because they're best placed to understand what they need. Because if you treat people like adults, you just have to let them get on with it, right? Totally. And when so many of our clients are kind of legal and professional services, so they're, they're not selling a product, they're selling themselves. So actually that, that point about relevance is really interesting. Like how do I make myself relevant for my clients? And it's the same for internal communicators. How, how do I be relevant or my comms just completely dies and people disengage? And do you think that in harmony with our own personal attitudes to digital, the organizations are starting to see the shift or are they only just starting to figure this out? Yeah, it's it's funny because when businesses first took to social media, I think it was a case of like, how can our how can our business be perceived as cool or hip or cutting edge? There's a new generation of people growing up on social media. We need to make sure that we're still relevant to them, but we're still they're still using our name in in in, in their conversations. But they haven't. They ne and I don't think they ever really did get the sense of we need to serve you 